The economy is getting back underway, and with it, the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks, covering developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Subscribe to Bloomberg.com, and if you're not already a The Athletic subscriber, for a limited time, receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora. Also from The Athletic, you are listening to The Scribes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Pedro, how's it going? Hey, it's going fine, Andy. Yeah, everything is going okay in my world. How are you doing? You know, it's fine. Yeah, I have no complaints, really. I mean, I do, but who cares? You know, how that goes. Can we do a podcast where you just detail all of your complaints? No, I don't think that would sell. Maybe. I think people would like to know your complaints. Well... (laughs) I mean, there's no evidence whatsoever that the public interest in mine is larger than yours. Yeah, so I don't know. All right. We're just guessing. Fair enough. (laughs) The Dodgers are playing very well. Um, They just finished a seven-game winning streak. Is that right? That's right. With a loss last night. But have easily vaulted to, I think they're four games up on the Rockies right now. They've been taking care of business against the Seattle Mariners. You know, what has been uh, your takeaway thus far from three games with the Mariners? They're just way better than that club. Uh, <laughs> it's just not even. The Dodgers could feel, you know, their next, you could take out 15, 20 Dodgers and they would still probably be competitive and maybe superior to the Seattle Mariners right now. I mean, they had a guy hitting fifth who was hitting under 100 and then the next day they DFA'd him. Was that Vogelbach? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. Yeah. So it's just the talent level is massive. You know, I guess the Dodgers do have a complaint right now, which is that when they get to the playoffs, they're going to be in a three-game best of with <laughs> with an eight seed team with, with a with a team who just does not belong. Yeah. On the field next so to them. <laughs> you'd like to think that, like you know, they're going to dispose of them the way they did the Mariners, but. As a Dodgers fan, you'd like to think that, but you know they just want they, the Mariners just beat them, right? It's it's two out of three. I mean, yes, it's baseball, right? Anyone listening to this understands three game series. You cannot you cannot predict the outcome based on who's superior. It's just a ridiculous premise. Like it, it, I mean, uh, wouldn't it be like baseball would deserve to have like the Dodgers, and Yankees, Yankees yeah. Cubs, and A's all go out in the first round? That like that's that's you know. I, I mean, I think grouping the A's in there is like the most biased thing I've heard you say in like a year. <laughs> but like, it's ridiculous. Are a good club. Yeah, what but they're not about? a big market, big interest team. I mean, like, come on, that's a, that's a. If you had the four best teams, is what I'm saying. Okay, but you, you talk about that was playoff. that was all I meant. Yeah, I, it just so happened the three of them are also the three biggest markets. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the Dodgers, Yankees, Cubs, and A's. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Geez, someone hasn't been paying attention to how big the San Francisco Bay Area is. I heard attendance isn't down too much at, at uh, the Oakland Coliseum this year. But um, that's pretty good. That's a good one. Corey Seager got to play with his brother, Kyle Seager, a very fine player, one of the few on the Seattle Mariners. What has that experience been like for him? Corey says it's been real fun. It's been entertaining for me to watch to watch them, the two of them interact. We have very little, very few examples of instances like this covering baseball where these these two brothers compete at this level. And I think the really interesting part is that their age difference has made them sort of in a naturally antagonistic relationship. I'm an only child. I don't really understand the dynamics of siblings, but it is clear that Kyle just beat on and bullied his younger brother <laughs> throughout his life. Like, it's just, it is extremely clear. You put them in is a room. Is that true? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, they basically said as much. I mean, he, he, yeah, he said, he said, I believe he said, I quote, quote, I beat on, I bullied those guys. Hell yeah. Or something <laughs> like to the extent. He's six okay. years older. So, and four years older than the middle brother. It's just an interesting thing. And then there's the whole element now where Corey is, you know, a taller man, a better athlete, a just a more compelling national player. And Kyle has put together for himself, you know, a wonderful career, signed a $100 million contract, was very good for like eight years in a row, had one down year, has been good again. You know, just like the sort of career that happens only a few hundred times in the history of baseball. And now he's being overshadowed by this younger brother. We still don't know. I mean, I think it's conceivable that Corey doesn't actually finish his career with better overall career than, than Kyle. But you would think, I think I would lean towards yes. Well, just looking at it now, I mean, Kyle's got 33 career war, which is, you know, not small amount. And Seeger's at, you know, 16.6 for his career. So I thought the gap would have been a little bit smaller. But yeah, I mean, given, you know, just unfortunately the stuff Corey Seager's had to deal with physically, yeah, it's not inconceivable that his brother, you know, ends up being the more productive player. But uh, I would I would bet against that. But yeah, it's certainly it's certainly a, a, a very possible outcome, I guess. I don't know. Corey Seager looks pretty good these days. He sure does. He looks, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And his brother looks pretty good, too. And his brother's, you know, because he established himself fairly early, especially as for a college draft pick, really early, I think, in that era. You know, to be up in the big leagues and, and playing every day two seasons after you're drafted is, is was unusual, to, you know, 11 years ago. I would take Corey. They had this whole thing in their press conference where their other brother bet a little bit of money that one of them could say the word avocado first in the press conference. And so they both did it. And um, it's unclear to me, you know, so Kyle did it as like a true uh, technicality loving brother. He like did it as soon as they stepped into the room. He just said avocado. And Corey said, (laughs) and Corey said, it's not on, dude. It's not recording. But it is recording. <laughs> it was recording. And, but it appears based on, you know, based on what Alana Rizzo reported the following day, it appears the brother has given it to Corey. My understanding of the dynamics is that uh, I don't know if Justin Seeger is still playing. He's not. He works, for, just... he works for Blast Motion, the bat company. Okay, okay. Or I bat, know he had been uh, bat doing tool s- company. He, I believe, is uh, like he's closer in age to Corey. And so, you know, and they, I believe they may have like, you know, shared a room growing up. And so there might be just some natural bias there that he goes to the, the younger brother instead of the, you know, the older bullying brother. I would watch a lot of uh, two brothers competing at, at a high level when they have this like built in love and animosity again, you know, combined that they always are fighting within themselves to feel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's compelling television. Yeah. Uh, can you explain to me why uh, Tony Gonsolin, who has a zero ERA and three starts, is not on the big league roster currently? He has no wins. That's why. <laughs> zero and zero. The Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. well, all right. Yeah, there we go. That's the only explanation Asked we need. and answered. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he... Uh, <laughs> It, it's it's the same behavior that that you've seen from the Dodgers. This is a player who just started, won't be ready to pitch for you know four days, five days, the way they've been handling their rotation, and um, is an easy um, choice to option back. You know, not to AAA, Oklahoma City, but to the alternate site this year because of that. Um, you know, I I think Gonsolin's going to be back fairly soon and probably pitching out of the bullpen because. They're still trying to figure out if Stripling can get going as a starter this season, which he's struggled with lately. And then Alex Wood, who's coming back in, in a week to 10 days, is um, is also going to 
they're going to give him an, uh, another go as a starter. Uh, so it's just, there's just no space. You know, fans get upset about this and I, I get it. You know, you, you tune into a game, you watch a guy pitch really well. And then the next day you check your phone and you see the guys, you know, back in the minor leagues and you just think like, it's totally unjust. And it, it is to an extent. I mean, it is. Yeah, it just is. But that's it, just the way the Dodgers run their organization. You know, they maximize pitching availability on their active roster. They've been doing it, you know, for the last six years and they're going to keep doing it even in this deeply weird season you know i guess the the benefit for gonsolin is he doesn't have to travel you know he doesn't have to get on a plane and go to oklahoma he can go (laughs) go three miles away to usc right and be ready to be called up anytime that is a massive convenience for the player you know i mean brock stewart became who was kind of in this role a couple years ago became a a southwest a-list member just because of how many times he had to do this oh man he was he was on the shuttle. Did you catch that a few weeks ago? He tweeted that uh, that he multiple times found out from Twitter that he was starting the following day. <laughs> I mean, uh, I a hundred percent believe that based on covering uh, specifically the twenty sixteen Dodgers. I mean that they had almost no semblance of a rotation at, for like a, like weeks at a time. Like it was basically just Kenta Maeda and occasionally Scott Casimir. So yeah, I, I I very much buy that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize when. By the time I was around in eighteen, there it was a little bit more. It felt like planned out. They had kind of maybe not perfected, but fine tuned their uh, their methods. The sixteen Dodgers are were an interesting club in that they. I think they only won like ninety one games, but it was a. It was still a pretty impressive showing considering all the things that went wrong for them. Um, specifically, just like almost every starting pitcher got hurt to the point that they called up some guy from double a to be in the starting rotation. And he almost threw a no hitter. Scott um, Baker's you know, first outing. No, no Ross Stripling. Oh, for the, for the, uh, the first week it, of the season in gotcha, 16. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. They could just call He had never pitched above double a. I didn't realize that. Wow. How about that? What role do you foresee for Gonsolin? I guess like moving forward, like, do you see, I guess it depends right on how Alex Wood and Ross Stripling pitch, but it seems like, Gonsolin would make sense as the fourth starter. Well, so would Dustin May, huh? You t- you, oh, you're yeah, calling Dustin May the right. third starter? No, yeah. no, no. I forgot about Walker Bueller. He's so, very good. So let's go with you know Kershaw number one right now, the way he's yeah, been pitching. Bueller, Bueller number two. And then uh, Dustin May, I think, number three, the way he's been pitching. And then Urias number four. And that's probably the last. I think that spot is maybe the most gettable. And could conceivably go to Gonsolin or Wood um, or Stripling, theoretically. Yeah, and then I think the rest of them go to the bullpen. They don't have one bullpen arm, I think, who's been, who has absolutely outrageously, who I would put in the top five relievers in baseball. You know, Trinan hasn't necessarily looked like that, but he has looked fine. He's looked good, but just not, he hasn't looked like he did in 18. And Jansen has looked better than he did last year, I think. So they have a lot of relief talent. They just don't have the dominant arms that you might be used to, like from, you know, your beloved A's with the Liam Hendricks and uh, what's that guy's <laughs> name, Lou Trevino. Who was really good that one year? Was that last yes. year? Uh, no, Trevino was very good two years ago, I want to say. He and Trinan were both very good two years ago. Last year, Hendricks was like was kind of carrying the bullpen for a while. Jansen and Trinan obviously have good ERAs. The strikeout to walk, though, is a little alarming. Like, What has the experience been of watching those guys? Because I think you can get a good amount from... You know, just seeing how they're navigating through innings. Yeah, I mean, Jansen's strikeout to walk can't be that bad. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've seen every inning. He's what's what's wrong with it? It's three to one. I mean, oh, I mean, what is that like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, yeah. Well, he's like he's it's a few walks. It's like there was at least one of those walks that was a three-two borderline pitch. Like it was the the biggest concern right now is that the the velocity is still at 91 sometimes some days. The movement is better though. I I 
I I believe, and um, it's yeah. There's no, I mean, it's it's too early to make like a like a to feel firm in any conclusion about a reliever. You know, we're just we're coming. I think today's four weeks since the season started, which is wild. But uh, I think he's he's fine. It's certainly not as bad as it could have been based on what you saw last season. I mean, I don't think there's been there's been no there have not been any multi like multi outing stretches where he looked as as hittable as he did at times last season. He would come in, and you really didn't know if he was going to get a three-run save against the Blue Jays. Well, he hasn't given up a homer yet, which is also which is yeah. very important. And he's striking out people. He's striking out people just fine. He's just issued a few walks, I guess. Is, maybe that's what's creating that that ratio that you're talking. Yeah, about. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not like an alarming strikeout to walk, but it's also you know smaller or you know it's worse than what he you know historically is he's you know for his career he's above five and you know that includes a cut you know to see the one season where it was like 15 and a half but also you know last year it was five the year before it was 4.8 so it's just a little you know again it's four walks so it's not like uh, yeah it's, it's a yeah. very it's a very small sample i just was curious that's all okay i mean the fifth that's is all. you know half of what it was in 18 if we want to you know, go all in on these new age data. <laughs> Four walks. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's look. Kenley would be happy that I'm not asking about his velocity at the very it's least. It's been fine, so. actually. I don't think it's been down from from years past. And it's just, it really just matters as long as he's getting moving. Yeah, if the pitch is moving, people helps, will not be banging it for home runs. That's the essential. He needs aspect. he needs the movement on. Yeah, it. yeah. So Gonsolin would fit in then, as you know, because like yeah. great, yeah, Greater All's been fine, and you know, Floro's been fine, and uh, Pedro Baez has been. Pedro Baez. Uh, actually, uh, not really. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he doesn't. He's probably the one who looks the most different than than usual. How so? His his velocity is down. Let's let's wait a little bit longer before we we conclude that he is still Pedro Baez. It's down about a, mi- a mile and a half well, from last. Year. I mean, saying he's saying he's still Pedro. That was the Baez, joke. Andy. I guess can go can go a few different ways, right? <laughs> no, I think, you know, I'm, I reject the premise that, you know, that the, the way fans have clamored for his removal from any leverage whatsoever is deserved. He's been a fine reliever. I think it's remarkable that he's been in this role for as long as he has with the Dodgers organization. I mean, it, it's super unusual for someone to spend their entire pre-free agency as one, as one team setup man. <laughs> I mean, not even a setup man, really. I mean, like the second setup man overall, I would say, yeah. kind of like his right. been his he's, hallmark yeah. role, like a seventh inning guy. But he's pitched three hundred and fifty innings as a seventh inning guy. He's been a very useful player. That's not what I am arguing. I do think, though, that you're doing a little bit of misremembering if you pretend that he's always been a reliable sort of contributor in late and close situations. Well, all I know is the numbers, man. I'm a data guy to the core. <laughs> And when you look at what did the, you call your did you call yourself a data man data guy to the core and when data you, guy when you look at um when you look at his his career numbers I mean do you want to guess his worst ERA in a season Andy I'm looking at it right now yeah. but yeah it's it's pretty good so it's, yes it's uh, has he had high leverage failures notable ones absolutely you know has every reliever who ever played baseball yes. Would you have a different opinion of him if you had not covered him on a daily basis for three seasons? Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you but I think that's every at, reliever, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if, imagine yeah, yeah, if yeah. this guy played for the A's, right? And you checked his ERA <laughs> and you were like, holy <laughs> crap, who is this guy? The doctor should acquire him. I think that with like uh, Usmero Petit and stuff, I'm like, this guy, like someone should pay him $100 million. Like, I covered him every I year. I covered him. Yeah. He's a good player. He was voted the <laughs> Angels MVP, team MVP, pitching MVP the season I covered him. Um, which He's is wild because he had signed as a as an NRI, 
what a wild season, man. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> what you you want to look at this 17? I was having this conversation with our good friend Nick Pocoro the other day. Look at this oh, that, 2017 Angels on Baseball Reference and tell me who the wow, fourth and fifth. And tell me who we the fourth and fifth faces are on there. The fourth guy looks like Caleb Ferguson. I have no idea who the fifth man is. Uh, yeah, how about that, huh? Parker Bridwell and Blake Parker. Okay, Blake Parker, yes. Parker Bridwell. Where was I? There's a guy uh, on the um, on the Tampa Bay Rays who's uh, third on the team in WAR as of yesterday, who I I had never heard of. The 2020 Brewers I looked up yesterday. I didn't know who their top two players were. Oh, this guy, the third guy on the Rays is the guy who was an undrafted free agent and debuted like two years later last year. Yeah, he's the most Rays guy ever. Mike Brasso. He's an undrafted utility guy from a small college in Michigan. He's already been worth 0.8 war. I mean, in 34 related appearances. I feel like a running theme of this is you really, you know, reading into stats a lot. The short, I short mean, samples. Dude, you try and come up with what to write. Oh, well, I know who these guys are. The 2020 the, Brew Crew? The oh, then maybe it changed yeah. from yesterday. It might have changed from yesterday. Yeah. It's, uh, it's David Phelps, Josh Hader, Brandon Woodruff, fourth guy. No that was a, the fourth guy was second yesterday. Okay, fifth guy, no clue. Oh, uh, the fifth guy was, you know, he pitched against the Dodgers in the playoffs. I mean, as a, Yes, yeah. the name is familiar, but his face, I mean, come on. Did you cover David Phelps? Did he pitch for the Yankees or something? Is that what happened? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it was David Phelps and Adrian Hauser, number four, who was previously best known for puking on the mound. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and has since that's reinvented right. himself as a su- successful starter, it seems. Why do people want to change baseball? It's already got so many great things. You got guys puking on the mound. It's good. Your guy Brett Anderson is on that list now. Yeah, he's pitching well. You know, getting ground balls. What is on your mind about this upcoming Rocky series? What to watch for? We're probably going to see the Dodgers display their superiority on the field to this team that has so far played pretty well. But the Dodgers, I I fully believe, are better. And, you know, they'll start to really stretch out in the division. They already are. You know, their Fangraphs odds has them at like, had like a, nearly 100% the last time I checked. There's just no chance. There's there's no conceivable way in which there are a playoffs and the Dodgers don't play in them. Um, they're at 99.6% now. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing just fine. The Rockies do not have the talent. You know, Herman Marquez has pitched them well in the years past. Uh, every game here is an opportunity for the Dodgers to stretch out and then give themselves more wiggle room to figure things out in, in, in September, you know, to figure out where Gonsolin fits, where t- uh, Dustin May fits, where Julio Urias fits, and, and whatnot. You know, as much as every t- a lot of teams are treating this like a sprint, they're, they're treating this much like they, you know, often do when they have freedom to experiment. Well, Pedro, I'll, uh, I'll take your word for it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week talking some more, wrapping up this Dodgers Rock series until then you can read all about the dodgers at theathletic.com and subscribe at theathletic.com slash dodger pod have a good day